0: Well, it's been an incredibly stressful two and a half years, for sure, for all Americans and, and really for most people around the world, uh, actually. I mean, you take it back all the way back to the end of uh, 2019 and surely the early uh, 2020. And, that, and that's where really the light switch went off at the end of uh, 2019 uh, with the Trump policies and all into 2020 election year, big general election, Rod Hamilton. Of course, we had the COVID pandemic and lockdowns, and I'm sure if you went back and you asked the previous administration how they would have handled those lockdowns early on in 2020 at the height of the pandemic, and the mandates and all of that, I would imagine you'd have a whole different scenario today, knowing what we know now, if we knew then, but how could we, right? So we went from that moment and then we went through all the campaigning. You, you remember back to a Joe Biden campaigning from the basement, never really seen him. Not a normal election season. Everything was pinned on COVID, of course. And uh, yeah, a lot of lockdowns. I mean, things were pretty hairy there in the thrust of the pandemic as this election was going on, you know. And then, boom, November hits. And we see what happens there. And, of course, claims of the election fraud, all that took place. Uh, so the, the country was in turmoil then as well, for sure. And, of course, the world was looking at us to see, well, how are they going to clean this up on aisle six, right? Uh, and then, you know, we got into uh, the new year again and uh, January 6th, uh, right, in 21. And that was a flashpoint. That was a flashpoint. Uh, we, we knew the 20th was coming for the inauguration and all of that. And so now this this moment of truth was upon us. I don't think a lot of people were surprised and didn't think that uh, Joe Biden could have won this fair and square, surely not over 80 million votes when he didn't campaign. It's uh, it's beyond any comprehension, really, that one could think that way. But, you know, it's a slippery slope, people. There was a lot of hate out for the previous administration's good part of the population that was unhappy with the way uh, Trump had run things, not so much as policies. Uh, I don't think that was the case. I think most people were really happy with them. But, but I think uh, uh, the way he handled being president was uh, was uh, an Achilles heel for, this, uh, for that administration, sadly. And of course, who could have known that Americans would pay the price? And then, you know, there were plenty of us who felt that, you know what? Uh, the policies are great. Uh, we like this president. And the thing about Trump is, too, by the way, he brought in an entertainment factor into the, the politics, the political circles, sort of in the same way. Uh, you know how Bernie Sanders attracts the younger people. Uh, Trump brought a lot of younger folks in and got them engaged because it, I called it polytainment, where you had the entertainment in the political world and they sort of combined Uh, And it it sort of opened it up a little bit, and a lot of his theatrics and and his Twitter feed, in fact, were very entertaining for folks, uh, not just here in America but around the world. A lot of people looked at that as uh, he, he, in other words, he made you know, in an odd sort of way. And you may or may not agree with this, but he sort of made politics interesting again for a lot of people. That's that's what I'm saying now. There are those who got more inflamed and furious about the former president and what he had done. And it's not presidential. You know, you hear that all the time. You know, there's a certain status quo, There's a certain establishment, a, a, a certain flair that goes with like anything, friends, like being president. Uh, it's like any other positions, like an engineer has a certain you know, mystique to it. Same thing as a medical doctor a radio host has an, everybody's got their thing. And the president is, oh, there's the president, you know? Uh, So this was a different kind of cat, of course, for that particular time. But there were a lot of things that came out of that that were uh, positive as such. So we come through all of that. And so come past January 6th, okay? New administration now, uh, which... People still couldn't wrap their arms around, you know, but it, it was there. It was happening. The media was all lock and step. But, you know, friends, to dial that back, you remember back in 2016, the media outlets and surely the Googles and the tech oligarchs, they made it very clear. I mean, they really made it clear. You look back historically at things they said and videos and, and, you know, and some of them were maybe lighter sound bites, some little, little more in your face like the Google and the the Virta's project tapes that were released on all that. And, you know, you you had a sense that they were telling us that, you you know, this won't happen again on our watch. Basically, with Trump, they were saying, you know, that's where a lot of people became unglued and thought there's something more to this. We don't like what really took place here. Uh, Well, You know, I mean, (laughs) there's a lot of evidence there, whatever you want to call it. And they certainly uh, tighten the screws, I guess the best way to put it, or what they claim is they tighten the algorithms, right? It's the same thing. You tighten the screws, you tighten the algorithms. And I think that's what the entire media and social media apparatus did uh, to ensure that there would not be a second uh, Trump administration, for sure. And they were willing to struggle through with Biden, or suffer whatever those consequences might be. Of course, even they could not have predicted what would have taken place. Even they could not have predicted this sort of calamity, you know. So all that happens. Now, the new administration, they focus on the COVID mandates. That was a big part of that whole administration for the first year. Wear your mask, get your vaccine, booster, please. Pay attention, get in line. I mean, that was constant. That that administration put a major focus and really started to rule with an iron thumb, very authoritarian, surely uh, totalitarian uh, type uh, regime, the way they were governing. I think people became very uncomfortable quickly. Um that and all of these agencies of the CDC and the FDA and all, all of them, I am. they were all across the board, uh, you know, lock in step to support this world agenda, whatever was taking place, you know. And so, you know, you turn back and the other thing they did, actually, they turned back the clock on every Trump policy imaginable, everything. I mean, that's just like they did a total spring cleaning, fall cleaning and everything else. And, and it didn't matter what the policy was. It really didn't matter what it stood for. But if Trump had his fingerprint on it in any such way, uh, shape or form, well then, hit and change it and, and flip that and take the opposing view. And they did that to everything. I mean, not just the economy, but every policy was, was operated in that same fashion all the way through. And that happened over a period of many months and actually started day one where he, uh, uh, you know, cut the pipelines out, decimated the energy, stopped all the... There were a lot of things done to American energy that we were going to pay a price for sometime later, regardless of Ukraine and Russia. But all that was going to happen. That all started on day one. And so the decimation of the economy, the supply chain crisis, all of that was very self-induced. I mean, all of that could have been avoided for sure. But we kind of you know, hurt ourselves and this administration was somehow trying to put, you know, uh, they, they were doing a lot of shenanigans and I'll, I'll make my big point here in just a moment, but they were they were telling people one thing and doing another and there was hardly any truth with any of it. And then Russia decides to start a war with Ukraine. I mean, so Vladimir Putin, and who would have thought that after everything the world had been through? with all this COVID business, and now Russia begins to to attack Ukraine. And there were threats of that it was building for some time on the border, all that was happening. A lot of talk, a lot of people didn't think it would happen, but there was intelligence that said that it would. And this of course was after the Olympics, after Beijing and China's Olympics, and there was a lot of talk out there that maybe he would, maybe they wouldn't. Of course, that was after Xi Jinping, who. Told him to please do it after the Olympics. Don't rain on my parade. And of course, Putin obliged and did exactly that. You know, so that war was another gut uh, sucker punch to, uh, to to the people of the world, really, and the stress that goes with that, and a war, and and the potentiality of a major power like uh, military. You would say, well, surely not uh, conventional, but we see the lights of likes of that, don't we? But nuclear, right, Uh, got a lot of people uncomfortable real quick, I have to tell you. We talked about it plenty here, you know. And then uh, beside that, and now we see the atrocities of war and how this person has handled it. And and talking about his level of manageability and his, uh, you know, is he losing his brains and common sense or, you know, going crazy or what have you. All of that, while our economy was dropping through the floor. we had already killed all the energy and the supply chain problems and things we didn't handle. Because you know darn well with those supply chain problems. You, you just know already. Now, you know, come on. You can see the visual now. You know that Trump would have got on a plane and flew out to those ports in California. And he would have done a whole camera scene there, just like he did on The Apprentice. Remember, he would have absolutely right wrong or indifferent he would have called them all out on it he probably would have had people there for the camera move a few boxes saying know, get this stuff going i mean he would have would have been hands-on we're not certain that's kind of the way it is you know with a construction guy from new york they're hands-on blue collar get it done that's it that was trump you know he's not a how do you say wasn't a uh uh, a clean billionaire. It wasn't one of those Grey Poupon sort of billionaires, you know? This was sort of a, you know, sure, get on the gutter and I'll punch you one. <laughs> this, this was a street guy. This was, uh, you know, regular regular Cat, you know, that was Trump. Um, of course, the establishment didn't take that. So all of the so the the economic inflation, all of that happened, the supply chain problems. Remember, you weren't going to get your gifts for Christmas, all of that. Then meat started to escalate in price. Inflation was rising. Prices of houses, unaffordable. All the signs were there. I had economists on. We've talked about it. We knew what was sort of happening. And we're only seeing the edges of that now. We have surely not got anywhere near where we may go and what they predict will happen. So then you have to ask yourself after the economy collapses and all this happens. And then you look around and you know, there are two kinds of people, friends. Yeah, no, I'm not talking about Democrats and Republicans, exactly. I'm talking about optimists and pessimists. There are two kinds of people. I mean, there are those who believe that they can put a silver lining on anything and believe that we can make it better. And there are those who cry about everything and that the world is indeed in collapse and fallen. And somewhere in between all that is a dose of reality, right? Which is what I try to deliver on this program here on our network here is that bit of dose of reality. So we don't get too extreme on one side or the other. We stay sort of central, central to the argument, to the debate, the conversation, you know? And so all of that uh, takes place now. And then you've got to ask yourself, well, how bad can things go before they get better, right? How low can they go before they come up again? That's the old saying, right? Whatever goes up has to come down. So then we, we're, we're left with that and wondering, you know, what's going to happen. So this conversation today we're having now, I want you to think about it in this terms. Because when it comes to the political world, there's a lot of shenanigans. You have to remember their main objective is power and money, prestige that goes with that power, money, prestige. That's what the that's what the political elite uh, aim for every day. It's hard to think that these are uh, part of our uh, we the people, uh, you know. But they but they are indeed. Uh, I always question what, what what are the level of people we're sending to represent us as a representative republic, you know. And that's a that's a problem. That's something we have consistently gotten wrong in our country. And it's not really a Republican Democrat point. It's just a real big point of um, American politics. We're not doing a good job uh, getting the right people in office, because listen, uh, you know, I think that, yeah, those ideological stripes run in all families. You know, my great grandfather was a Democrat or was a Republican, and so I got to be one today. That kind of a story. You know, you hear that all the time. And a lot of you out there, you're that way today. Many cases, not all now, it's not exclusive. There are plenty who, you know, who bucked the policy and departed ways one way, shape, form, or another, or didn't care what great grandfather thought, but there are a whole lot more that absolutely believe that's a family deal and you you can't change what is and I am for I am because I am. Uh, who said that, Popeye the Sailor Man, right? But that's that's what it is. That's what it is, friends. And so we we now get to this point where I want to talk to you about putting lipstick on a pig in 2022. How does it work exactly? How will that happen? How will they do it? What will it look like? All right. So, as this, is this uh, pain has now, you know, and, and, and I've done some programs on this before, I talked about the pain factor. And sometimes we do have to get pretty low before we can rise again. What you don't want to do, though, you don't want to sugarcoat things consistently. Pretending that that's, that's a bad optimist. If you keep sugarcoating it, yeah, you don't think it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Yeah, we live in the greatest country in the world, America. Hey, hoo-hoo. let's do it, right? Let's do it. Yeah. Sometimes a little bit of that sugarcoating can be a problem, you see? Sometimes it's better, you know, when you are punched in the gut that you feel that pain for a little bit, yeah? Sometimes, uh, you, you know, good sports game and you got sacked, flat out on your backside and your guts reeling with pain and you feel it. Sometimes that little pain is a little motivation, a little motivation to watch out for the next time, but also to get up and play a better game. That's the way I see where we're at right now, my fellow Americans, right this moment. And I'm talking about the pain factor that so many people find themselves in. And it's sad. It is sadder than hell that you see this pain that people are struggling in every way they can because there are a lot of people simply can't afford the basics in life anymore, let alone the conveniences and the, you know, the, 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 the frosting on life, the benefits of living and living a beautiful life. And you want that for people. You, you really want that for people. I mean, you know, friends, life is too short not to want the very best for thy neighbor, you know, truly. I think we should all have some of those pleasants of life, whatever they may be. But I also think we have to work for it. I think we have to get out and make it happen. We can't rely on a government check for those pleasantries, you see. And that is the difference, isn't it? But I do think given a, you know, there's that old saying of a hand up or a handout. I think a hand up is a beautiful American trait. I think a handout is where we're getting so corrupt by the second that, uh, we become poisoned. And that's really what's happening right now. And it's the power political elite who are poisoning the well for the rest of us. And that's what we see happening right now. So you have to think, how are they gonna put this lipstick on the pig in 2022? Because things got pretty rough here, right? Things have got pretty rough. How are they gonna put the lipstick on the pig? Because you know they're not gonna suffer defeat today. I mean, they got a lot to play out with the midterm elections in front of us, knowing the stakes are, are very high. I mean, because it, you know, I mean, Congress, both, both, both House and Senate, that's, that's, a, that's one big branch of government right there who can change a lot of, those are the purse strings and the legislative branch who can change a lot of policy. Now, they can also create a lame duck presidency quickly. And of course, that's where we've gotten out of control as well with our branches of government and what their roles are when they don't want to work well together. And then the president becomes a king. And we've seen that in the last many administrations. And they sign a record amount of executive orders to get done whatever they want to get done because, well, they're not they're not liked in Congress and they're not the right uh, political stripe to get their agenda through, they don't have the right support there, in other words, you know. And surely that's where the Democrats are worried right now, and I'll get more into that right now in a very, very interesting uh, essay newsletter I got in from Politico, which will tell you plenty in just a moment here. Yeah. So this whole bad can we go thing and putting a lipstick on. And I I just want to tell you right now that you can take nothing for granted in this life. And we've got to start playing Democrat Republican games. We've got to stop that. We've got to start looking at American principles and policies and what's best for our nation and our families and our lives. That's the difference right there. And we're not doing that. And so we, we look at, you know, this uh, uh, election cycle we're in and, you know, I suspect there's gonna be a lot of surprises between now and November 22. But anytime you've seen this before with elections, as you know, it's remarkable sometimes how they can put lipstick on a problem and present it to the public like it was Flaming Young. and yet it's the worst kind of hamburger you ever had in your life. And that's almost what the Democrat Party has to do right now, because they're dishing out the worst hamburger you ever had in your life. It's the worst. You've never had anything look so bad, taste so bad and so expensive. That, you know, you eat that burger and you, you wish you had filet, but they sell it. And it's that whole projectionism. They sell it like it is the best filet you ever had in your life. And you're going to like this. Gas prices and all, food prices and all, because it's for the better good. And that really is the moment, isn't it? That's going to tell us right there where we are and, and what's going to happen with this election. But I think we got to be careful about that lipstick that they're going to put on the pig. And that creates two sides of this conversation today, two, two points of view we will talk about You know, as we dive more into it. You know, the the message in the political piece I was telling you about a moment ago, when we talk about how bad things can get, well, it says, Democrats are desperately trying to understand what's roiling the electorate heading into a brutal midterm election. (laughs) What's roiling the electorate? What's roiling the electorate? What do you think's roiling the electorate? What do you think that is? Well, I just said a few things and they give a list of what they think is royal in the electorate. I'll share with you in a moment. But I just gave you some of the things right there that are royal in the electorate, just paying the basic bills for most people. And back to that silver lining or not, optimist, pessimist, where are we really at and the pain factor? How does that all sum up coming into a midterm election and how much lipstick are they going to put on that pig? I wonder what does it look like at the end of the day? Will we recognize it. Well, they want to win an election. And because that power, the money, the control, the prestige, that come with that. It's vitally important to these characters, you see. It's not what's good for the common good. It's not for the populists. It's not what good for America. It's what's good for their power and their prestige. And that's what they're looking for. They're, that that that's, that's the silver ring in all of this when it comes to being a politician. That's why we're sending the wrong people to Washington, D.C. I'm convinced of it. I'm absolutely convinced of it. Now, will that ever change? It could. It could. But that's on us, people. That's on we, the people. We're doing the bad job and we're letting part of our populace divide us through the elites. And we're creating this society, which is the 1% and the 99%, the rest of us. It's coming fast now. It's coming fast. And, and there is that that mechanism, that that Grand Canyon divide in our nation we're experiencing. But it's it used to be pinned as a Republican problem, but it no longer is. It's actually more of a Democrat problem where a lot of the elites are. But again, I think a lot of these problems run in both parties, truth be told. I just think you have to look at the policies and the ideologies of what the message is, what's the message, what are they trying to do, what do they want to really accomplish? If it's building more government, bigger government, and this whole notion that if you only tax 1%, everybody else is going to be clean and even, even in keel and clean, my friends, that is that is a joke. That does not exist because those people that are in business or those elites that they talk about, they're just going to pass it on to the rest of us. It's an absolute joke that they can put that off on the people and that people actually swallow that hole thinking that somehow you can give pain to a billionaire and they're going to take it and not push it out onto their products and businesses and to the general public. Now this is just a way for Washington DC to empower themselves by hook or by crook. You see, that's how it's done. So that, that is a real misnomer out there, how they're going to raise all this money and create the uh, this, this whole new world paradigm, new world order they're looking for, you see? Well, I love that Royal and the electorate. Uh, and let's talk, let's have a conversation here next, you and I, about Royal and the electorate and what that means exactly. Because they did some focus groups and some ideas that they broke down here, which we'll talk about and I'll share with you here. Um fascinating stuff for sure here. You know, we, I want to mention to you, I'll take a moment here to tell you, we've launched a brand new show on America Out Loud Talk Radio. You heard America Out Loud Pulse. It is, it is very dynamic. It's really, really cool. Uh, You've got uh, uh, just a terrific level of expertise uh, throughout the week, Monday through Friday is what it is. It was time to do something a little different and sort of quasi post-COVID world, knowing that we are a different society today than we were back just a few years ago. And so now it was, we wanted to put together something truly unique. And this was it, America Out Loud Pulse, a beat ahead. Now this comes to you on America Out Loud Talk Radio, Monday through Friday, every day, 5 p.m. Eastern time. I hope you'll make it a regular stop of your day. Again, you can listen to us on the app, Apple, Android, Alexa. You can listen to us on iHeartRadio. We have a world-class media player. Just hit the Listen Live button back at uh, americaworld.com, and you'll get that. A lot of cool ways to listen, actually. Um, So Monday is Dr. Marilyn Singleton. She is just outstanding. Loved her first show this past Monday, really, really cool. You catch it on podcast, by the way, but really, really cool lady. And uh, she does a lot with the AAPS. And uh, you're like a very, very outspoken, my kind of people, Marilyn out loud, I'll call her Marilyn out loud, right? Tuesday, Dr. Jordan Vong and Dr. Stuart Tankersley, Concerned Doctors is the group and you can look that up, actually, Concerned Doctors. They're quite fabulous. A large group of consortium of doctors that have gotten together. And uh, I think the corporate is out of Alabama. And these docs are really cool. These are a couple of the guys who founded the group. And uh, they're on the front lines. And they're really trying to get it right. And they'll be hosting Tuesday's show, which is really awesome. Wednesday is my dear uh, brother-in-arms uh, doctor, Peter McCullough. He is every Wednesday and I'll be on with him. Uh, doc, uh, we co-host that show. It, it follows up on the very, very successful Q&As we have been done and, uh, doing on this show, on the Voice of a Nation. Those absolutely remarkable. So that now you'll catch those on that uh, every Wednesday. And we're thrilled, absolutely thrilled to have that for you on Wednesday. Thursday, love this couple, Dr. Peter Bregan and uh, Ginger Ross Bregan, uh, very, very cool people. I mean, they wrote that book, The Global Predators, We Are the Prey. Uh, they write for the platform. They're doing the show. They're just, you got you to love people like this. They're loving life. They're living life. They are the real thing, no doubt. They They'll be there every Thursday for you. Friday, wonderful new name. You'll hear this Friday for the first time, Dr. James Lyons-Weiler. Unless you tuned into Viewpoint this Sunday past weekend, I did a wonderful segment with Dr. James Lyons-Weiler, very accomplished fellow. Uh, Again, these are all amazing talents, uh, all five days. So this, I mean, how how could it be any better than this? I mean, come on, it's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, that lineup And to assemble that on any show would be powerful. And to do this every day, to have the the new um, host on that is going to make America Out Loud Pulse really, really cool. And you get more information on this, just go into the tab, uh, the nav bar back at AmericaOutloud.com. The drop down will come and just look up America Out Loud Pulse is the name of the show. Click that and uh, you'll get all the information on the show right there and the new podcast or right below it. We've already got a couple that have gone to podcast. This is brand new. Okay, the shows will all go to podcast, absolutely, like all of our shows at America Out Loud, and we'll go to podcast the day after. You'll get that on America Out Loud podcast network, uh, 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 my golly, hundreds of podcast networks, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, uh, uh, iHeart, all of them, all of them, uh, they're on. And uh, uh, it, 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 there's just so many, I'm trying to think right now, Pandora, iHeart, Spotify, Stitcher, you yeah, you try to name them all or remember them all, you know. But all the podcasts, and of course, all the podcasts are right back at americaroutloud.com as well, where you're welcome to hang. And it's one of the things people say about our platform. They love it because it's very user-friendly. It's very clean. a lot of white space. So you're not inundated with all this craziness and having to click X's all the time. And you know the routine when you go to these new sites. It's uh, crazy. Uh, Anyways, we're a different sort of breed here at America Out Loud. Uh, we are surely on the front lines of a lot of conversations, uh, really talking about a lot what's happening with Ukraine, Russia, world events, the economy, uh, political things here at home, the midterm elections, COVID, of course, we've become a, a real source of COVID for so many. Uh, and people look to us for guidance and information. Uh, one of the things I want to tell you about real quickly is um, CoFixRx, cofixrx.com, really terrific. Uh, this is uh, the povidone iodine you've been hearing about. That uh, Dr. McCullough has the most shared post ever on America Out Loud, on the front page of AmericaOutLoud.com. On the left side, partway down on the sidebar, is the that post uh, under COVID resources, if you will. You can also get it on his show page and his personal page on America Out Loud. That post has been the most shared post ever on our platform because of the urgency and the need and the knowledge of povidine iodine. CoFix RX is an amazing product because it has the povidine iodine solution already there. One of the biggest questions or the most often asked questions we get in here is the solution of povidine iodine. How do you dilute it? What do you do? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we try to cover some of that in that post I just told you about but people don't like to mix it themselves. They don't want to deal with that. That's where Cofix RX comes in. Uh, so this is a, a proven product now that you do the nasal wash. And as I said to uh, listeners the other day, if this was introduced to the public, I'm telling you right now, my friends, we would have saved countless lives and would have would have handled this pandemic early on, because that's where the germs... Uh, were in your nose and then they got into your lungs and your respiratory tract and then your lungs and then into your deep lungs. And many people succumb to that. This gets it out of there before it becomes a problem. It, it, we all need to be washing our noses now. There's one thing we've learned through this uh, SARS-CoV-2 uh, catastrophe that's happened. It's the, not the nasal, which McCullough's been talking about for some time. I've, I've learned a ton about this. So with the RX, you don't have to dilute is the point. All our listeners get 20% off that product. Just go to cofixrx.com forward slash out loud or click the banner ad back at americaoutloud.com. Use the code out loud. Whatever you do, you get the 20% off and get the product shipped to you. Five or more bottles, you get the free shipping as well. Check that out very much right there. It's a terrific, terrific product here. Uh, We're gonna take a pause. We'll join you on the other side. You're listening to the voice of a nation. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of
1: AmericaOutloud.com. You've been in that situation. The person next to you is sniffling or worse yet, (coughs) coughing. Flu, cold and SARS-CoV-2 are everywhere. Would you like an additional layer of protection to reduce these threats with an invisible mask? Sold by hundreds of pharmacists and medical doctors, our American-made povidone iodine antiviral nasal spray, CoFixRx, lasts for hours deactivating viruses and germs that make us sick. Find a retailer near you or buy online at cofixrx.com. America Out Loud listeners use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with CoFixRx.
0: And ask me, Malcolm, how do we fight the corruption? Robert Frost has said it best, freedom lies in being bold. Well, for six incredible years, bold is America Out Loud. Welcome to the new era in communications. America Out Loud Talk Radio.
1: In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only 8 seconds, one second less than a goldfish. If you find yourself always distracted or having trouble recalling information, you're likely to fall behind in the demanding, fast-paced 21st century. In other words, brain performance is more critical now than ever. Boost your brain power with Healthy Cells Focus Plus Recall science-backed nootropics to sharpen focus, concentrate longer, enhance recall, improve mental speed, learn rapidly, and be more alert. It's a pill-free brain supplement made with maximum absorption technology, designed to feed our brains at the cellular level. Take it for a test drive. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Focus Plus Recall. That's HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 20% off. In today's world, there's no escaping the headlines filled with warnings about emerging viruses and dangerous superbugs. Genesis is the only technology that safely and effectively obliterates harmful pathogens both on the air and on surfaces. Genesis plus HOCL neutralize these threats to your environment in just seconds. Find out more about this amazing technology at genesisfogger.com forward slash outloud for a 15% discount. With Genesis, you'll be prepared for what's next.
0: we join you back here on The Voice of the Nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly. And uh, listen, we're talking about putting that lipstick on a pig here in 2022. What does it look like? As I've discussed with you, uh, a lot of the challenges and how we got here. And then this political piece is sent to me on Roiling the electorate. And I thought, well, what is Roiling the electorate? I mean, it's not a stretch, uh, my fellow Americans, to... Understand and figure out what's roiling the electorate. To, I mean, potentially the price of gas at the pump. Potentially the cost of food, which is in the stratosphere. Potentially the the cost of housing. But 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 there are so many potentials. Potentially it's the southern border that's bothering you. Uh, but the economy. Maybe it's the potentially the Ukraine Russia war. There are a lot of potentials here. Is the point, and everybody has their poison and their medicine for what uh, keeps them up at night. But Royal and the electorate, now they're worried about it. So now here's what's called damage control. So they spent, you got to figure, the first what? Year and several months. Year, right? January, February, March, April, so year and a quarter. They've spent uh, decimating the economy, changing our energy field, uh, creating all the calamities we're dealing with today. Now they find themselves at a moment of having to do uh, damage control. So what does that look like? And, you know, now they're worried. So the political piece says Democrats are desperately trying to understand what's roiling the electorate heading into a brutal midterm environment. Now, they say brutal. They know it's going to be brutal. And they're suggesting that. And really, the gloves, you know, it's just happening. I mean, we're really just now coming in because. You know, uh, you're, you're gonna things are gonna be ramped up more in the months ahead. Usually, about six months out, you know, you really get into the throes of the election. Every midterm can be aggressive, and usually, for the political power that is in power, usually takes the hit. This one, they're determined it could be more brutal because circumstances are what they are. Now, typically, people vote with their wallet. We all know that. I mean, that's always been the way it is, and the economy can drive an election in a half second. That's here, but there are a lot of factors here. And let me tell you what they point out here in Politico is what they're saying are the, uh, some of the differences. So they, they did a, uh, fo- some focus groups, okay, weekly focus groups to find out how in real time Americans are processing events in 2022. So they determined there were some significant differences within these focus groups, but there were some broad takeaways as well. For instance, and they have a little bulleted list here. Let me share with you. They talk about a preoccupation with inflation and crime. Now the word, I'm very offense to the uh, word preoccupation. Yeah, it's a preoccupation. If this is really changing your lifestyle and you simply have to make some decisions you would rather not make, I mean, it's one thing just to throw the word inflation out there, but it's another thing to have real world impacts to your family. Uh, and that's what people are struggling with right now. So it's a little more than a preoccupation. And I, I just find that word so offensive, the way uh, Politico frames this thing within this conversation. They're preoccupied with paying their bills and trying to have a job and do all the things that families need to do. And then a preoccupation with crime. Well, yeah. I mean, look at the cities and the urban markets and the crime that has escalated. That is another factor in all of this uh, that we really haven't touched on today at all. But we see the crime escalation all over the country. And it's not just in California and New York, friends. It's all over the place. The crime numbers are up and you can call it whatever you want. Again, they can frame those debates however they want. But it comes back to an attitude. It's an attitude that the government has pushed out there on the people uh, that it's okay to do this thing. They, they've got you know no, no bail, They've got crime set up where the district attorneys are just you know looking the other way. They're pushing these criminals back out onto the streets and people are being hit again and they're, they're, they're being, you know victims of this thing. and enough is enough. So yeah, people are preoccupied with inflation and crime. Those are two pretty serious points here that will surely drive somebody's vote to vote for somebody who is gonna lower the inflation and surely lower the crime, you follow? Well, none of the policies, people, in the last uh, couple years here, surely the last year and a half, none of the policies from this administration have done that. They've all escalated inflation, they've all escalated crime, and so now they're in this damage control mode, like, all right, how do we fix this now that it's a problem? This really irritates me. So you wait for the problem because it's going to impass your next election. And now you want to talk about the fact it's a preoccupation and maybe how can we maybe fix it? Or how could we put lipstick on that pig so that you don't really notice it so much? See, that's all they're really trying to do is put lipstick on the pig. That's it. That's it. So that that should that should really hit everybody. What I tell you right there now. The next point political makes for this piece, exhaustion with pandemic restrictions. Well, who isn't people? I mean, they're still pushing the mask on the little kids, the pre-primary ones, I mean, the little kids. I mean, who are not even susceptible to this, who don't even have problems. I mean, they're, they're not in a category of risk at all. And yeah, people are tired of all the restrictions. They're tired of all this mass business, but the vaccines. I see another story about the vaccines. They're trying to uh, put it on the little kids. And, you know, it got me sick looking at this piece again uh, that came in. Uh, The parents of very young children have waited for well over a year for a vaccine that protects their kids from COVID. And uh, their hopes have been repeatedly dashed. Now, I don't think a lot of parents are waiting uh, for vaccines. This is just more lipstick on another pig that people don't want. Uh, their hopes have been repeatedly dashed, they say. Now it seems like the vaccine may finally be here, except it doesn't work as well as expected. I mean, what, what the what the hell is this? What is this? The vaccine that they already admit that doesn't work, but yet they'll look at it because they think they got to have it because everybody is waiting with bated breath to have this vaccine that nobody needs or wants to, put, to give to their little ones. You talk about a propaganda campaign. Wow. Moderna announced last month that it would ask the FDA to approve its vaccine for children six and under for emergency use, of course, but the vaccine's efficacy, how effective these shots are to keep young children from catching COVID wasn't exciting. So it wasn't as exciting as the fact that they have it. The vaccine doesn't work. You can't make this stuff up, people. And it's expected to have a little debate to the FDA. Now we'll see if the FDA, which usually the FDA, and the CDC and the NIH and all these groups, they just go along with whatever these operatives want, which is what they've been doing with all these EUAs and all these vaccines and all these treatments and all these mask policies and everything else. They just go along, get along, whatever it is, who. The, the CDC have run up to the World Health Organization. It's already becoming a global empire. And this is a joke, what I read to you right here. It's an absolute joke. And it's a bad joke at that, at best. It shouldn't be that way, friends. It should not be this way. And until we, the people stick, push back and stand up and say, you know what, we're not giving those vaccines to our kids. In fact, we're not taking your vaccines as well. We're not taking experimental vaccines or whatever you want to call them, or gene shots or put a name on it, whatever it is. There are many names for that. They call it the jab. They call it the therapy shot. They call it the, you know, there are so many names. I mean, many people say it's not a vaccine at all. No, no, it's designed to look like that. Whatever it is, it is. And the problem is, uh, you, know, give, you know, give me the envelope and I'll give you the results, please. And they're, they're not effective, they don't work. And to part of the populace, they create some real problems like myocarditis and pericarditis and major heart problems and kids and people that have died from it. It's a massive problem, people, of all types. And yet they're still pushing that. Now, they push those policies uh, solid for the last year and a half. So now they say, well, in this political piece, hit piece here, exhaustion with pandemic restrictions. Yeah, they're exhausted with all of the COVID stuff. And now you're on to more of the people are exhausted, period, with all the fear and the neg- negative uh, vibes coming out of Washington. Yeah, they're exhausted. They're exhausted with all this. They're exhausted with the economy. They're exhausted with the political elite. They're exhausted with world politics. Yeah, they're exhausted people. We're in a sad state of affairs right now. I have to tell you, we're all exhausted. The next bullet point is deep frustration that President Joe Biden and Democrats have failed to deliver on their early promises. Well, then you scratch your head and you say, well, what were those early promises, Malcolm? After all, the this campaign was being run from the basement. I don't remember what the policies, are, the those promises were. Can you remind me? Yeah, let me remind you, my friends. Let me remind you. One was that we going to unite. And, and, and they talk about it here as well. They want to unite. Remember, that was the big thing. Trump was divided in everything. He was the problem. He was the cancer. His policies were too, too effective. Everybody had a happier life. And we don't like that. But he, we didn't like the way he spoke to people or did things or what have you. I guess, more or less. We don't like the personality, but we like the policies. The other guy doesn't say much, and he's sort of incoherent, But and his policies are horrible, but at least he doesn't talk back or send a tweet out to tell us to, whatever, get off on Main Street, right? Can't figure it out sometimes, huh? But this whole Unite thing, he promised to Unite. He did promise to Unite. That was the whole thing he ran on was to unite Americans because Trump was so divided and the country was so divided. Well, none of that's happened, people. We are surely divided and we're divided. And that division may be growing less now. As the polls indicate with the administration, independents are surely waking up and Democrats just to the left of center are also waking up. Now your extremists and your AOCs of the world, they'll never wake up. That is what they eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's all they know. They're looking for a socialist communist America, United Socialist States of America. That's their desires, their wish, it's their dream. So they'll never wake up, clearly. So, you know, th- yeah, people have frustration, but, uh, you know, the, he didn't unite the economy. He promised the economy that he was going to be the economic president. It's a train wreck, people. And how could you not know that when you decimated the energy policy and turned it off, turned the spigot off, and then put us in a real painful situation that they now try to find anything they can to blame it on, like, oh, the Russians attacked, it must be their fault. Yeah, after they gave them the pipeline to make hostage Europe and Germany, which is all bad politics, but yet it was done, you see? and then foreign policy the wars remember the wars it was supposed to be the wars that we weren't going to do any wars were not to be any wars in the yeah you know, he was going to be the peace president and well you know you can say well he's kept us out of this one at least well we don't know where this is going people i mean hopefully we don't have any missiles shooting over our skies anytime soon but with the madman in moscow we have no promises at this point do we now the way we've handled that relationship is is wrong. It's it's upside down backwards, is the bigger problem. And so foreign policy, and you see that on the world stage and how he's handled all these things, and now they're talking about getting back into the Iran policy agreement, all of that. So there's a lot of uncomfortableness there, a lot of uncertainty. And so no, he hasn't lived up to those uh, policies at all, you see. And they say sympathy for Ukraine mixed with a lack of enthusiasm for Biden spending too much time and money on the issue. This is what's in this report from Politico now. Well, uh, I think people see in real terms uh, what the media does is they beat one story into your brain until you agree. It's like it's almost like you're being waterboarded at Gitmo. That's what they did with COVID. It's what it's what they do with Ukraine. It's what they do with everything? They just beat it to death until you can't have it anymore. And so we see what's happened in Ukraine and Russia, but the way to do this from the beginning was to get people to the table. I told you about it before they even struck the border there, before it happened. They pushed Russia away, they pushed Putin away, they created a calamity here and a potential real firestorm for Americans. If this man does have whatever, how many screws he has loose, you don't want a man like that in possession of a worldwide nuclear weapons for sure or worldwide chemical weapons for sure. And there's a lot of speculation he may use some of those whether they're strategically targeted or just a mass send off, I don't really know people but it certainly is Nervin, isn't it? And we handled it wrong because this, uh, the establishment our political elite, those people we send to Washington they, they made a mockery out of the Russia relationship And you know that over several years was Russia, Russia, Russia. We should have had them at the table to talk to. We'd have been in far better position with Putin or with with Russia, even more than Putin. We would have been in much better position. Now we push them into the arms of Xi Jinping and communist China. This is uh, really the... One of the biggest screw ups in foreign policy that Washington will be, and this is both Democrats and Republicans, by the way, but more so Democrats coming through, just keeping it real, people, coming through the Trump administration of the dossier and the Christopher Steele and the Russia, 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 and the, the hook is in Moscow and all of that with Trump. And come on, people, come on. It, it, it was a novel that nobody was ever gone to buy. Ever. You know? And the last bullet point they mentioned is the ambiguity about how important January 6th should be for Democrats in the midterms. Well, January 6th was about uh, patriots and Americans who, uh, uh, we the people, who were standing up what they felt were their rights. Nobody went in with guns or shotguns or missiles or bazookas or anything else, people, or chemical weapons or anything of the sorts. They stood up for their rights and uh, wanted to redress of grievances here, period, end of story. But again, the Capitol Police, Pelosi, all the fingers on this thing. It's a lot of dirty fingers on this, people. A lot of dirty fingers. And a lot of wrongs don't make a right. A lot of wrongs make more wrong. And that's where we stand on January 6th, no matter what you want to call it. It's it's an abomination uh, for sure. It's become that now. But I think historically, looking at our country, you know, there are those moments that we, the people, will stand up, speak up, stand, stand tall, and push back. We've seen it before. We'll see it again. Right now, January 6th is a political tool. It's being used to handicap Trump to make sure he can't run again successfully, at least. That's what this is all about at the moment. Nothing more, nothing less. And they go on to say these sentiments are captured in recent polling because of Biden's decline in approval, uh, surely with black voters, they say, and millennials has been well-documented, as of course has the rise in importance of inflation, crime, and pandemic fatigue. And that's actually a good line right there. <clears throat> that's a very good line. Think about it. <clears throat> if there are three things that Americans would be really sick and tired of that they will not vote for again, that they will will vote the opposite way. Think about it, please. Inflation, crime, pandemic fatigue. That's it right there. I think that is very well said. Those are three things this administration and that whole cabal up there have not done well at all. They have skyrocketed inflation that is killing everybody. The crime is skyrocketing. It's literally killing people and causing panic across our country. On the pandemic fatigue, you better believe it. We are tired of this program and people want to move on with the conversation. So they haven't done a good job in any of those particular points. So, would you give them the keys to the car again and fill it up with gas? <clears throat> Obviously not, right? So, you can see why the concern and why the electorate is roiled. Well, they're royal with the electorate, royal and the electorate. They start with, well, yeah, the electorate's royal. You've done a pretty bad job in inflation, crime, and pandemic alone. Let's just start with those as starters. And we can certainly get into the weeds from there on out, right? That makes sense. You better believe it makes sense. Hmm. It's remarkable where we find ourselves economically. And so now you see the concern. Uh, and their whole answer is to spend more money, throw more money, build back better, which is really a road to communism. I mean, that's where they're at. Spend more money, bankrupt us, inflate. Through, I mean, how much higher can you make it? That's the game. That's, it's a game of chicken right now. It's a game of chicken with destiny. That's all we got going on right now in our country, people. It's, um, it's a sad state of affairs. And Americans are going to have to begin to push back. There's no way we can continue down this road and have any level of prosperity or a joyous life. And so when we talk about the danger right now, the lipstick on that pig, that really is what I want you to have in your mind because what we need to start telling people all across our country, don't care what their political stripe is, my fellow Americans, Republican, Democrat, independent, communist, whatever, But right now, all the talking points coming out of D.C. and a lot of these state capitals are going to be a lot of lipstick. Because they have messed up big time. They have screwed the American people over. And this is the entire establishment. Um, there has done a very bad job for some years now. Because there's a lot, a lot of lipstick to go around. And there's a lot of pigs flying around, too, that they're going to be putting that lipstick on. So the thing you'll need to be watching right now and keeping your eyes open for is the lipstick and the pig. It's going to be a lot of it. I'm telling you, that's what's going to take place right now in our country. They're going to put as much of that on so they can keep that power, prestige and all of that control. Because that part of the populace that we sent to Washington, it's let's face it, it's a glorious life. They get paid to wash the rest of us around to create policy and spend money like drunken sailors. What could possibly be wrong with that as a gig? And many of them forget what it was like to be on the other side of that program or the other aisle to be or just an average folk like you and I. They forget what that is. Some sort of a brainwashing effect that happens in Washington, D.C. when they arrive there, evidently. So that's where all the lies are, the innuendos, all the BS are now going to come hot and heavy. You've got to prepare yourself. If you've got a big pair of boots, put the boots on. You're going to need them because it's going to be coming up big time. You're going to need those boots to walk through all that slush of minutiae that's going to be thrown down from Washington. It's going to be a lot of lipstick on pigs, people. And so our job here on The Voice of a Nation, our job here at America Out Loud is to expose all that lipstick for what it is and remind Americans they created this crisis. They created these these challenges we're dealing with now. They created this life or they created the inflation, the crime, the pandemic fatigue. This is all bought on by the political operatives. It's self-induced, it's here. And they should pay the price for that. So we see through the lipstick and we see the pig for what it is, and we're going to vote accordingly. And whatever that means, we have to look at every race and determine what that looks like, people. So my ending message to all our fellow man, a message to we the people, don't be fooled by the lipstick on the pig from DC. We need to get into the weeds. We need to pay attention. We need to explain to the rest of America What's really going on here? And there, there is another way forward. There has to be another way as we begin to shake through, look at the policies of who we're voting for and be sure that's the kind of person we wanna have representing us. They work for us. It is a representative republic. If you don't like them, get rid of them. If you don't like their policies, get rid of them. In California, if you don't like the homelessness and the drugs and the minutiae on the streets, you don't like the gas prices at 7.89 bucks a gallon and you don't like that lifestyle? Get rid of them. Get rid of them at the local level, at the county level, at the commissional level, at the state level, get rid of them at the federal level. Get rid of them. They're not doing the job to represent you and make your life easier? Get rid of them. That's all you got to do, friends. That's the message here and I'll stick to it here. Let's watch that putting lipstick on a pig. I'm telling you, that's what's coming next, 2022. Thank you, my fellow Americans, for being with me on the mission. It's time to get involved and get loud.